Windsor, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. Okay, ta-da! The voice, River Radio, of the Thames Valley. Good afternoon. This is Jenny Tishi. I am a registered nutritionist and an absolute foodie. And you're joining me today for my regular weekly show, which is called Let's Do Lunch. It is all about food and sometimes about nutrition and health. And today we are combining all of my favourite things when we're talking about chocolate, but the most beautiful chocolate. So allow me to introduce you, I, I'm very seasonally and festively so, <laughs> to um, Catherine from Arusso. Is it? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Arusso. Arusso chocolate. You even told me straight before we went live and I still managed to get it wrong. Do you know what? I mean, the name aside, uh, I have found in your chocolate something that as a nutritionist I am really really happy to enjoy consuming but it still feels absolutely luxurious and so I would count myself as a chocoholic would you say you're a chocoholic too I'm not sure I would say I'm chocoholic I love my <laughs> It'd be chocolate. dangerous wouldn't it very, in your business very dangerous I'm quite fussy mm-hmm. which chocolate I actually like okay so but yes, I love chocolate. Otherwise, I wouldn't have become <laughs> chosen. <a chocolatier. laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you've come to where you are now. I know that your journey started out with a sort of a, a pursuit for a healthier lifestyle and a healthy health and well-being, really. But you still wanted to enjoy the luxuries in life. So how did you get to where you are today and, and running this? I mean, I, I we are going to taste some actually later on in the show, which I'm really excited about. But tell us a little bit about your backstory. Uh, I gave up sugar seven years ago and so for seven years I didn't have any sugar at all. Wow. So I didn't do it particularly for health reasons, Mm -hmm. it was more uh, for a weight control thing and I think the more that I did it the the better I felt. Mm -hmm. So I mean one big thing was I stopped having to snack, that just completely disappeared Mm. which was great. And I just felt for the first time in my life in control of food yeah. because I was dictating when I needed to eat. Yeah. So I could have breakfast and then go till two o'clock and think, oh, I really should have something for lunch now rather than that constant hour. With yeah, the yeah, yeah. So that was very good. I mean, my skin really improved. I mean, people used to say my eyes, gosh, they're so sparkly and amazing. I'm not sure they're quite sparkly at the moment because I'm working quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that hard work and I mean, do you find that you feel like you want some sort of sweet treat at some stage? I think sometimes when we push our bodies, uh, it sort of says. I, I don't think so because my body's now so used to mm. not having the sugar. Yeah, I know I, I, mean, I haven't had it done since uh, the pandemic, but mm. we used to get our bloods tested mm-hmm. and you know, the glucose levels and the insulin level was all really, really low and everything was really correct mm. because they just couldn't believe we, we, my husband and I just don't eat sugar. Oh, so your husband joined in as yes, well? Yes, eventually I persuaded him to. How, yes. What was the gap between you and um, perhaps he seeing the benefits that he wanted to join? three, four years, okay. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously following our diet anyway because mm. I was doing the cooking so, so it was low it was just sugar just sort of less and less he was sort of low sugar yes mm. but then uh, after about a year or no actually during that year that I gave up we were living in Africa ah whereabouts in Africa well we lived in Uganda yeah. for a year which was amazing yeah. uh it was a bit like ready steady cook from the food front because <laughs> You'd go down to the market with a list, but they'd only have like three things on the list. Wow, so what a challenge. Then you'd, we ate a lot of aubergines and tomatoes. <laughs> Ratatouille, sissy. Ratatouille, <laughs> a lot of that. Um, but it was quite easy not to have the sugar there because mm. I was cooking for ourselves and it, it, it was fine. And then from there, we moved to Cape Town. Oh, wow. Big difference, uh, I'd very imagine. Very big difference. Mm. So I remember the first time 
that we flew in I was really excited because they had roads (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah I haven't seen roads for (laughs) a while while, so that was exciting but in uh, South Africa I don't know if you've heard of it they they do a lot of what they call this banting diet yes I do Tim Banting I know who he is absolutely so that's really when what really changed Mm -hmm. our health was uh, following a, a keto banting mm, diet and I interesting. lost sort of loads of weight on it and sort of felt much, much better. And we follow keto-ish now, mm. but it's more Mediterranean that we follow than keto. Okay. Uh, anyway, but in South Africa, you can go anywhere and get a banting dessert yeah. or banting chocolate or and they're just very focused on keto banting i didn't realize it was quite as widespread and such a you know a well-known term even i mean i've heard of it because i'm in the world of nutrition Mm -hmm. and although i live Mm -hmm. here it's Mm -hmm. it's quite a a well-known well he's a well-known researcher but i didn't realize that in south africa you would go into a restaurant where his name had become synonymous with ah fantastic interesting so yeah so south africa and then what happened there well then we came back Mm -hmm. how long ago was that uh it was the july before the pandemic whichever year that was and i couldn't find any chocolate i liked Mm. basically and it sort of came from it sort of stemmed stemmed from that um and i have a food background Mm -hmm. um i tried to persuade our daughter to do it (laughs) They're in London and they have a cafe and I thought it'd be very good for them to do it. But they weren't interested in doing it. Yeah. So I decided, well, I've just got to do it myself. And it was as simple as that, really. Um, so I spent six months doing development mm-hmm. and just working out how to do it. Because the chocolate that we do, the ganaches we do, they're not traditional commercial ganaches. Okay. And I had to work out a way... The shelf life was was extended, but without the sugar. Okay, so you talk ganaches. Ganaches are in all of your chocolates? Uh, no, they're not in all of our chocolates. They're not in our chocolate florins. They're not in our solid bars. They're not in our hot chocolate, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they're... They are in, in those. In the bonbons, yes. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> excited. And the, and the ganache bars they're in, too. Uh, and one thing that I realised that I thought was, was a real light bulb moment for me was when I was tasting chocolate, the first thing you taste normally with chocolate is sugar. Mm, and I interesting. thought, do you know, this is just really wrong. Yeah. Because when you taste wine, you taste the wine. When you taste coffee, you taste coffee. Mm. But when you're tasting chocolate, you're not actually tasting the chocolate. Do you know, that's absolutely fascinating. I think yeah. that point is absolutely critical because mm. I think we've become so removed from what chocolate actually mm. is. When we say chocolate or we talk about a chocolate bar, most people, I think, would refer back to their sort of childhood, mm. you know, and mm. the very sickly sweet, yeah. full of what isn't even actually yeah. cream, which yes. is made to look like cream and the logos and adverts. And that's a very different mm. thing from what we're talking about here, isn't mm. it? I mean, when we talk about do you want to talk a little bit about the journey of chocolate, in, you know, what, kind of where it comes from, the the, what, the plant itself? Because, I mean, uh, that's the... Yes, I mean, obviously it comes from a cocoa tree. Mm. Um, I mean, in the right environments, it's uh, it's actually grown under the rainforest canopy. Right. Um, and it's not in de- a deforestation area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it obviously comes from... Mexico, Central America, mm-hmm. originally. Yeah. It only grows in equatorial regions in the world. Right, interesting. Uh, so when people say to me, oh, you know, in a market, oh, you've got to be using your raw ingredients <laughs> Local. 30 miles, and you think, well, <laughs> that's not going to happen with chocolate. Uh, and we're not going to give up chocolate, so no, chocolate um, is going to carry on. <laughs> and it sort of first came over to Europe in sort of around the 18th sort of century, mm-hmm. and it was very much a Richmond's uh, drink. They yeah, it, it was drink. a drink only, wasn't and it? And a footman would go and grind the chocolate by hand for days. And then if you've ever been to Basildon Park... I have. Um, they've got very, very cute little cups and they're chocolate cups. Oh, wow. So they look a bit like uh, little tiny coffee cups, but yeah. they're slightly narrower. Okay. And then the ladies would invite their friends and they would have this hot chocolate very expensive. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew it was a drink originally. So yes. that was so that was the um, like a sort of tall espresso. Yes, cup. But yes, very small, very really small because it was so rich. It was so rich, and it, mm. would be, it would have been quite thick. They probably would 
to put sugar in it too. Yeah, yeah that's that would have been a, a luxury too, yes. wouldn't it? Yeah. And then it's, uh, you know, then you had the whole Victorian side of things and they started to add a lot of sugar because yeah. I think technically they didn't really know how to make very good chocolate. No. So there was a lot of sugar added to it and I think they wanted the troops in the First World War and it was all that sort of time when it was developing. Mm. But traditionally they were putting sugar into it from a shelf life perspective. Uh, to give it a longer shelf life, yeah. I think, from what I can gather, that's why, that's where the sugar came. And it mm. sort of became quite ingrained that that's how you have to have chocolate. Yeah. So what I've done is sort of turn it upside down, really. Yeah. <laughs> You've given us back chocolate first. <laughs> yes, chocolate first. Um, and what was interesting when I was sourcing the chocolate, uh, so... I knew if the chocolate was right mm. at 100%, it was going to be right a little bit lower. Mm. So I'd already tried, I was already familiar with a lot of 100% because of the way we eat anyway. Yeah. And then I found our particular chocolate from Madagascar and mm. I knew this would work. See, that's, that's the thing. The 100% chocolate I'm familiar with, I've tried it myself. Mm. I find a lot of them can be quite sort of bitter um i'll I'll come on yeah i'd love to know why is that because Mm. yours just doesn't and i know yours isn't 100 Mm. but yours just Mm. doesn't taste in any way bitter i will explain yeah why dark chocolate is sometimes bitter or more often not wow brilliant yes so but then i realized that although i would be happy to eat 100 percent ganache bars or whatever i was doing with it not everybody would. Yeah. So my main thing was I still wanted to taste the chocolate. Mm. So I started mixing it up, you know, 98, 95, just bringing it down. And I realised that at 90, for this particular chocolate, that's the magic point that you can still taste the chocolate. So 90%. So it is 90%. Yeah. And everybody, quite often, especially in markets, I don't tell people mm. it's 90% because they... It's quite a scary chocolate number, 90%. And I just say, they try it. And then I ask them, what percentage do you think it is? And they say, oh, maybe it's 70. And I go, no, it's 75, no. And we just sort of go, and I say, You've, and, and they never guess it's 90. So, so shocked. Say, You've just eaten 90%. So, yeah, and that's the thing, mm. isn't it? Because, I mean, again, from my own experience, I always sort out those really mm. rich, anti- antioxidant-rich chocolates Absolutely. that have got that higher cacao yes. percentage. Yes. Yep. I don't really enjoy them. No. You know, no. and, and that's probably is, what people think. They no. think, oh, if yes. you told them 90%, they yes. would think, oh, I'm not going to enjoy that because mm. I've had that before and it wasn't yes. nice. You exactly. Know? exactly. But, but yours is different. Yes, and it's different because of the chocolate, which uh-huh. I'll talk about in more detail. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I noticed as well is that you don't use any preservatives, you don't use any artificial colourings, and you don't use soy lecithin, which even in some of the the most well-known brands mm-hmm. of luxury, high-end, dark chocolates, you still see soy mm-hmm. lecithin. Can you, you talk a little bit about why... Um, you don't uh, use those things, and what you do use. Certainly. Uh, we don't eat any of those things that I've mentioned. So mm. we don't eat artificial colourings, we don't eat preservatives, and we don't eat soy less than. Yeah. So for me, it was a natural step yeah. not to have that in the chocolate because I wouldn't be wanting to produce chocolate that I wasn't happy of eating myself. Yeah. So I had to find, and I keep going back to the chocolate... The chocolate itself had to be amazing. Mm. And it also didn't have to have all those ingredients. Now, I then found out why soy lecithin is not a great thing to eat. Mm. Uh, the history that I can that I found out with the research I did is that it used to be a waste product in the soy industry. Yes. So, and it's generally from soya that's GMO as well. Yeah. So they realised that they could make some sort of emulsifier from it. Mm-hmm. And, but to do this, it's the most horrendous process to make an emulsifier. Right. They have to heat it to over 1,000 Celsius. That's mm-hmm. the first thing they do. 
The second thing is they then have to flood it with hexen. I think you talked yes, about hexen. Yes, so yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Which is the same chemical that they put in varnish and glue. Lovely. Mm. But it's still in the lesser thing. Yeah, when we, when we consume when it. When you're consuming it, it's still there. Mm. Uh, and they use it simply because it's cheaper than cocoa butter. Right. It's also, for the bigger brands, it's technically... It keeps the um, pipes clean when they're making the chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it makes the chocolate easier to handle. Right. You can be more forgiving with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's any humidity, the, the emulsifier brings it together. So it's a sort of business efficiency decision to I use. I think so. Mm. I think so. But yeah. not in my chocolate. Not in your chocolate. <laughs> so do you have to use any sort of emulsification it's or cocoa butter. so the cocoa butter yeah. so you really are using what should be and yeah. always should have been yes. in the product yes. um does that add to the flavor at all do you think or it's more the experience and the mouthfeel i think it's both mm-hmm. definitely both yes yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I have to say, having yes. you know, made my own and used my own cocoa butter, yes. I think it makes a huge difference. I think so. But the, the problem is that I have with soy lecithin now, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. You know, if you go to a supermarket and try and find a hot chocolate that hasn't got it in, mm-hmm. you'll struggle. Yeah. It'll be in your chocolate muffins. It'll mm. be in your chocolate cookies. Mm. It's just everywhere and i think that's the fascinating thing uh, about what happens with the food industry mm-hmm. on sort of on mass you know when something i i have a, a weird one that i can't have so i i don't do well with gluten but i also don't mm-hmm. do with tapioca starch mm-hmm. and what seems to have happened is that everywhere you go every gluten-free product contains tapioca starch and I just cannot find. It's literally. I feel like that person that's picking up everything in a supermarket. Mm. Can I? Ju- oh no, it's got it in. It's got it in. Mm. I mean, the same with soy lecithin. It's mm. almost like when the food industry becomes, oh, you know, the sort of the big food industry becomes so aware of something that makes their life so much easier and makes business efficiencies. Of course, it's common sense, I suppose. But if you don't really want to be having it, it does make it that much harder, doesn't it, to find? It does, but then make it yourself then you come along (laughs) (laughs) which i think you know and that's the point isn't it i mean this is about buying something which is you know for those that don't want to there there are people like yourself that will be there making it and Mm. not only that but it's the story behind Mm. the Mm. product so can you tell us a little bit about the where you source your ingredients from because when i first met you i met you on uh, i think it was a marlow farmer's market Mm -hmm. And I stood there and I chatted you for ages and I had to keep on checking. There was no one else coming behind me because I do get carried away sometimes. And especially we're talking about chocolate. Um, But one of the things that really captivated me was Mm. the story of the ingredients. Mm -hmm. You know, the lengths you've gone to to Mm. find the the ingredients that you have. So um, please do share with the audience where you get your ingredients from and why you've selected those. I think maybe we should start talking about the chocolate now because the chocolate is obviously the main ingredient as well. It's the king. Uh, I mean, one of the things we realised that uh, when we were living in Uganda mm-hmm. is that, for instance, the coffee in Uganda, most of the coffee goes out to Kenya right, and is not processed in Uganda, ah. which means that Kenya has the value add and Uganda doesn't. Right. And that's true for a lot of chocolate. Ah, okay. So ethically, I was very keen, if possible, to find a chocolate that was made in origin. Mm-hmm. So when we found this, uh, the curvature that I used from mm-hmm. Madagascar, the fact that it's made in origin, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things that happen because of that. I mean, from an ethical point of view, it's great because 35% of the value I pay for the curvature stays in Madagascar. So the farmer is actually getting paid? The farmer and the producers okay, are getting good. that money. Yeah. So that was one thing. Um, the other aspect with this chocolate, and this is what makes this chocolate so special, coming to the point, is that from the time they pick the pod yeah. to the time they make the coverture, it's only 15 days. Right, just so, yeah, so this is a really short period. What, com- yes. by comparison, would it be, do you think? If Six we... months a year. Whoa, yeah. this, this is key. It is key, it is key. And there's a, a lot of things that are happening because of this 15 days. Mm-hmm. But one of the things it's doing, it's capturing the natural sweetness of mm-hmm. the chocolate. Because it's a fruit. 
because it's a fruit and it's a food and obviously like anything food is better when it's yeah. fresh yeah i mean the, interestingly you'll be very interested in this they've had it tested and it has more antioxidants and flavonoids than broccoli and it truly does because it's so fresh because it's captured them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so because it's so fresh it's only roasted at the correct temperature which is 120 celsius right so commercial chocolate is going to be roasted at 240 that's huge isn't it and it's very similar to coffee mm. if it's over roasted coffee is bitter it's bitter yeah if chocolate's yeah. over roasted it's also bitter so you can make very uh direct comparisons between the way in which coffee is made Absolutely. and the way in which chocolate is yeah, made yeah. and so better quality coffee yes should be uh younger yes. and it should be roasted at a lower temperature Absolutely. the same with chocolate it should be younger and it should be roasted at yes. a lower temperature yes. and and again is that related to the flavour? Is that definitely? I mean, it, you were talking about the bitterness, mm. um, and they roast the chocolate at a much higher temperature mm -hmm. because it's old. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, without going into, you can use your imagination, but if it's been sitting in sacks mm -hmm. on a boat for months, and then they open the sack, yeah, what's going to be the state? Yeah, and what else might be in there? And is that why you sometimes it has to go to that higher temperature, maybe to get rid of other things that are in Absolutely. amongst the sack that shouldn't and be once there? once it's gone to the higher temperature, they've then got to start adding other things. So vanilla, for instance. If you ah. look at the, if you see any vanilla in chocolate, it's because it's over-roasted. So to take away the bit of flavour? Yeah. Oh, wow. Gosh, I didn't know that. And also why they're then adding so much sugar. To, again it's to get rid of the bitterness it, yeah. so this is why we don't need to see as much sugar in your products exactly. I think that's a great place for us to take a little pause and I would love 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 to talk to you about this reduced sugar in your products because again in addition to the flavour in addition to the 90% uh, the, the, uh, cacao that you can use that no one could guess is 90% I would love to know a little bit about the sugar so let's just take a brief pause and we'll be back Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell Woking Henley, Reading. Okay. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Welcome back. Excuse me. <coughs> I just, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, that's just a little cough. We're all good. Uh, right, it is. Uh, let's do lunch. I'm here, Jenny Tishi. I am a registered nutritionist and an absolute foodie, and I do have a voice now. Um, today we are talking very suitably, so given that we are approaching the festive season, we're talking about chocolate. But being a nutritionist, we're actually talking about what I will call quote-unquote healthy chocolate. Yes, there is such a thing, but I think the more important message about the chocolate we're talking about today is that it is so beautiful in taste and in texture. And the reason I have Catherine here from a Rousseau chocolate Oh, did I get it? Rosso chocolate. A Rosso chocolate. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. The more important thing, as I said earlier, is the chocolate itself. The reason that I have you here, Catherine, is because we met on a market and I tasted your chocolate and I loved the story that you have behind it and found it absolutely fascinating. And I thought, you know what, it'd be wonderful to share this with our listeners. So um, we were talking just before the break about the fact that you don't use any soil lecithin, you don't use any preservatives, you don't use any artificial colouring. And the other thing we were talking about importantly is the fact that the way you source your chocolate from means that you get a great flavour because it is only 15 days old when it is then roasted at a lower temperature, which I think is an absolute critical point. I'm learning so much about chocolate. This is wonderful. Um, versus more commercial uh, chocolate, which is often kept for six to 12 months before it's roasted at a much higher temperature. But the other really important thing about your chocolate is that it is reduced sugar. So talk to us a little bit about that. How have you managed to achieve that? One of the things I realised when I was doing the development um, is that I would need some help on that. So I have a food consultant mm -hmm. and she sort of gave me various options with how to do that. Yeah. So the main thing is chocolate obviously is a food and to make to extend this shelf life, it's all to do with the water content. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing the development, um, one of the things I had to make sure with the recipes that they all were below a certain water content. Mm -hmm. So they would go off to ALS labs for testing. So all the ganaches had to be tested and then I would tweak them and then they would wow. be retested to get them down. That's incredible. So everything yeah. that you produce 
has had to go yes. through a testing process On the ganaches, yes to make sure to ensure that it is a sufficient level yes. of sweetness and it's not so much the sweetness it's the water content the water How content much water content is in there wow okay that's and, fascinating you know we have to even we like in our bonbons for instance mm-hmm. we use a lot of honey yeah and we have to make sure that honey the water content is below a certain amount so even the honey that you're using yeah wow yeah and we use uh honeys of henley yeah and they if it's not right uh joe then reduces the water content for me oh my word that and the point here of course is that you are so in touch with every single ingredient raw ingredient that goes into your product Mm -hmm. you know you have so much control and is that do you think because of the size of the business at where it is at now i mean we're talking about future plans and things but i mean it's interesting you have to have control because mm. it's it's food. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because with our recipes, every time we make a ganache, we're tasting it. Mm. You know, it's like a chef's kitchen, if you like, because, you know, all the ingredients we use and we use organic wherever we can, you know, yeah. it might need, that batch might need a little bit more salt, that mm-hmm. might need, you know, a slightly more um, coriander oil, mm-hmm. whatever. And every time we're doing it, it has to be balanced. Yeah. And one of the reasons it has to be balanced because there's nowhere to hide with this chocolate. Yeah. If you've got a lot of sugar, you can just do it mm. because the first thing that people are going to taste is it's the sugar. sugar. Mm-hmm. But when the sugar isn't there, you have to balance those ingredients. You can't have something too dominant. Yeah. Like we do a lemon coriander ganache bar. Mm-hmm. And I nearly didn't do it because it, I call it our Cinderella bar. <laughs> so, I got so exasperated with it because it would either be too lemony or too coriander mm. to, to actually get that balance. Yeah. And my son-in-law is a chef mm-hmm. and he said, you're so nearly there, just carry on. <laughs> but we got there in the end and I'm so glad we did because it's very unusual. Mm. And when people taste it, they think, oh, wow. you know. Yeah. But it delivers flavors wow sort of in layers yes. yeah yes. okay it's so it's a so you're getting better bang for your buck really because you're getting a longer yes. lasting taste Absolutely. experience than yes. you I mean, would pe- otherwise people frequently say to me uh gosh i can still taste this in 10 minutes wow that's yeah. incredible yes because the flavors are so pronounced mm. and also i've used the best possible ingredients i mm. can with everything yeah it's the best it has to be because there's nowhere to hide there's nowhere to hide Mm -hmm. you literally are your chocolate your chocolate is at the very forefront of and the flavors that come with Mm. it so um so you've got lemon and coriander absolutely nailed that's incredible Mm. is that one of your favorites uh or is it not because it took you so long to get to that (laughs) point it's i do still call it my cinderella bar because sometimes i forget about it yeah yeah i have a piece i think oh you're so good actually (laughs) i'm really glad i got you right eventually i love that i do like that one and so your so your chocolate is reduced in sugar because of the all of that we talked about um do you have comparisons to sort of standard dark chocolate that'd be on the market yes you have you have to do that yeah you should be able to label it there you have to have records of what Mm -hmm. uh another ganache bar you have to see what the market is doing mm. and then those are per hundred and then what yours is so you can prove it's 30 percent less right and that's that's the that's the legal thing it has to be 30 percent less but ours actually is a lot more but it doesn't go into the low sugar bracket okay so so you could say if you were allowed to you could say it's more than 30 percent less yes but, you, but legally yes. you could only say it's 30 percent less do you know i'm not sure which mm. way around we we just say it's reduced sugar. It's reduced sugar. And, and that's the most important thing. Yes, I mean, I frequently get asked, is it suitable for diabetics? And I say, these are the ingredients. This is what the nutritional is. Yeah. You need to talk to your doctor about mm-hmm. it. I can't tell you. Mm. But I do know a lot of my customers are diabetic. Yeah. Because they look at it and they say it's suitable. But yeah. I never say I, and I think that's the, that's the important thing here. We are all individuals. Mm-hmm. And from a nutritional standpoint as well, you know, you, two people with exactly the same condition could consume the same food and have mm. different reactions mm-hmm. to it so it is a the reality check is mm. what your body does in response mm-hmm. and reaction mm-hmm. and if you are somebody that's diabetic you should be able to check that fairly yes. easily so yeah. um but the fact that it is reduced sugar does probably open up your market so i mean you've talked about there are some diabetics that mm-hmm. do buy it but mm-hmm. to be found that there are other people interested in your chocolate that wouldn't touch with a barge pole other chocolate or that would 
touch other chocolate but I far prefer yours I mean it sounds like the market is uh, yes I mean it's, it's quite interesting there's some people say to me oh I don't like chocolate oh really I, I, I who are they who are they <laughs> there are a few people about <laughs> Johnny hot stuff with the chili guy he is one of them wow that's uh, interesting but he says but I like yours yeah and it's quite often they don't like it because of the sugar I mm. think that's one element of it I think people once they have some of my chocolate. I mean, I do have customers who say, I've just ruined chocolate for them because mm. now they only want to eat my chocolate, which yeah. I'm very happy yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> you've introduced them to I've introduced them to that. So, I, I mean, it's interesting. When we were actually doing the branding, one of the questions I got asked is, so who is the chocolate for? Mm-hmm. And I just had this dream that it's for everybody. Mm. And they said, no, 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 you can't say that. You have to specifically say who it's for and what different things. But I still do think it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really interesting. We've been doing markets now for about six months. And when people buy online or they're buying, they see it in a Mm -hmm. shop, you know, they're very specifically buying into that from that niche perspective yeah but in the market they're not they're just coming for a browse they're just coming for a browse Mm. and i just love it because you get so much more interaction with people and you can talk to them about the story Mm. and then they they'll try it yeah and they go oh wow yeah and i i just love that where i think you know you probably wouldn't usually think about that chocolate Mm -hmm. but now You've tried it. Now your mind has been opened. Yeah. It will never so be closed really again. Yeah. I think, do you know, and I think actually the uh, the audience buying this, I mean, the, there probably is a type that goes to farmer's markets and they are probably for people that already enjoy good food. But to your point, they're not necessarily looking for chocolate when mm-hmm. they go there. And if they, even if they were, they're probably thinking it would be something sort of like, um, you know, quite sweet and mm-hmm. sickly and, and whatever. But this isn't. I mean, this is actually what we're talking about. And again, one of the reasons that I absolutely love it is because of its uh, levels of flavonoids, its levels of antioxidants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people often joke and say, oh, you know, a glass of red wine, I get my mm-hmm. flavonoids, mm-hmm. all good. But the reality is you are actually eating this food product and you are putting into your body some goodness. And we know that it's rich in zinc and we know that it's rich in iron and it's providing all these wonderful things. But you still feel like you're having a moment, a luxurious moment. I mean, I find I have mine in the the door of my fridge. Actually, you could tell me, is that a good place to keep it or should I not have it in the fridge? Fridge is not great. Fridge mm. is a bit cold for a fridge. If you, I mean, on a really, really heat wave time, I would say yes, do put it in the fridge. But not in this weather. No, but also you need to put it. You need to really wrap it mm-hmm. in a box or a bag or something. It is in a bag, yeah. Uh, but yes, it doesn't really want to be kept. Oh, yes. interesting. If, you a, if you're very lucky and you have a wine fridge, oh yeah. Anybody with fridge but if you do have a wine fridge or you have a friend with a wine fridge that's the place to or a cellar maybe or a cellar because the wine fridge temperature is the perfect chocolate store in temperature oh wow is it Mm. okay I mean, I'm having my kitchen redesigned at the moment. So, wine fridge just wine gone fridge on my list. Just for chocolate, yeah. Just for chocolate. Oh, that, do you know? I, I, this is so interesting. I'm finding this absolutely fascinating. Um, the cocoa, you've talked about why you source it from where you source it. Um, is there anything that's that sort of different? I mean, you talked about the fact that it is um, young, you know, when, when it goes into processing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything different about the flavour in terms of where you source it from, do you think? Madagascar is known for its fruity, citrusy chocolate. Okay. So that's definitely coming through with the chocolate. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing, interestingly, is because the company that actually make the chocolate are involved with the fermentation plant and the plantations, Mm. you have this continuous circle of improvement, this sort of quality improvement going on. And I think that's quite unique as well. Right. And that's why that coverture is multi-award winning. Okay. It only gets better and better. It is actually all organic. They only have certain parts of the plantations uh, registered organic because mm-hmm. it's very expensive to do so. Yeah. But actually all the chocolate. But you actually know it is. It so. actually is. Organic. Yeah. That's often the way, isn't it? There's, there's certain sort of processes you go through yes. to get. And in fact, we talked about that with regard to um, sugar and the fact that your chocolate is naturally low in sugar because mm. of the way in which you create it. 
there are bars on the market that will have all the labeling to suggest that they are low in sugar mm. or reduced sugar but that's because an alternative sweetener has been mm. used so mm. they're still using that older chocolate they're still roasting it at that higher temperature mm. but they're using an alternative um, sweetener did you ever look at that or was that just never going to feature in your in your um, production I think because we gave up sugar seven years ago we'd actually been through yeah. all those journeys you know I tried xylitol I didn't like it mm-hmm. ethanol just makes you ill am I allowed to say that if, yeah that's a yeah, yeah. your opinion <laughs> no but it, do you know what I think there's a lot of the um, sugar alcohols mm. do affect people mm certainly from a digestive perspective, quite negatively. Yeah. And we know that xylitol shouldn't be given to dogs, mm-hmm. for example. And then stevia. Stevia is has quite a funny taste with chocolate. Mm. Um, Leaves an aftertaste. Yeah, so that's why in the end I thought, no, we'll just go with this very reduced sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's interestingly because the only most of the time in the chocolate the only sugar is actually in the chocolate Mm -hmm. in the ganache fillings like in the bonbons it's honey yes so the sugar is very small Mm -hmm. and i've tried increasingly as time's gone on to use the honey more and more yeah because i think honey is such an amazing food nutritionally yeah love Um, honey and we're really really fortunate with honeys of henley that, you know, they're traditional beekeepers, the mm-hmm. quality, they look really, really look after the bees. Mm-hmm. The honey is amazing. We use the spring honey, okay. which I just love the story because they take the hives to the hedgerows mm-hmm. in the spring and off the bees go to get plum blossom, cherry blossom. So you have all this floralness in the spring honey. Which goes... Of course, the chocolate lowers. Yes, yeah. citrusy, fruity yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. You've got With the, the floral. floral. It's always... It's so and it, I think as well, it, because it's so super sweet, mm. the amount we actually put in is so tiny sweet. amounts of honey mm. required. It just goes so far. Mm. Can't wait. We will try these chocolates in a moment uh, and make everybody else want to try these chocolates in a moment. Um, Quite often with the people I have into this show, I ask them a little bit, particularly if they're a food producer, I ask them about their sort of green credentials. So what what have you done in terms of reducing your business's impact on the environment? We've already talked about some of those things, but it'd be great for people to understand a little bit more about what you're doing. Well, the chocolate itself um, is, is organically grown mm-hmm. in Madagascar. I mean, ethically, it's supporting 500 families, which, yeah. which is wow. great. So the chocolate itself is uh, very sustainable, very ethical. The power we use in our own house is uh, we have green energy. We only buy oh, green wow. energy. Come February, March time, we're going to go on to bio-green gas for Gosh. the hot water. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use uh, uh, compostable piping bags. Brilliant. And right from the beginning, all our packaging is either recyclable compostable that's amazing so even from the beginning i mean it's it's yeah. uh, quite a young business isn't it Absolutely, so yes. how long have you been going uh we launched in april 2020 wow <laughs> that was quite a time it to was. launch given uh, this sort of little pandemic thing we it had was. going on we were supposed to we were, spe- we were supposed to be launching in march uh but the printing of the mm-hmm. cartons got a bit delayed <laughs> and then we had the whole lockdown thing yeah and I don't know about you, but it was a very scary, frightening time. Yes. And I nearly didn't launch then. Of I course. Thought, you'd, be, you'd be thinking, who in their right mind I would know, launch? Who would even want <laughs> chocolate now? Anyway, everybody around me said, you know, just do it as a soft launch, as a quiet mm. thing. That's fine. Which was fine. And then three weeks after launching, we had our first review mm-hmm. in the observer yes wow and gosh that's quick then it just went crazy yeah really really crazy yeah so, i'm not surprised that's a great audience mm, for you yeah so i mean we're very very lucky i mean since then we've been in four times so oh this is really good isn't it really it exciting is, times it is for very you exciting. and so even from the very start so from april 2020 you already had in mind the sort of um the impact that you're business could have on the environment so you were already taking steps to reduce that so everything you do from now on it it sounds like you're just taking further and further steps to to be conscious of that yes i mean we just switched our car as well so we have a hybrid car now we haven't quite gone all electric but Mm -hmm. we have a hybrid car because it's 
did not want to be driving a diesel car anymore. No, I can understand um, that. So, yes, I just think it's the way... Yeah, the way forward. Way forward, really. And the car is what takes you to the markets that you do each yes, weekend? Yes. Yeah. And are you uh, ever at markets with it or alongside other chocolatiers and uh, have discussions about chocolate? I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I don't think I've been in a market when there's another chocolate person there, another chocolatier. There's been uh, sort of fudge people and things. So mm-hmm. I just think so much sugar. Yep. Um, <laughs> But I, th- I think as well, they tend to try and keep only like one particular product. Of at, each type. At the, at the local farmer's market, that mm. tends to be it. That's so, good. Yeah, yeah really yeah. good. Um, brilliant. Right, well, well, let's take a little pause here. And then when we come back, I'd love to talk about some of the rave reviews your product has already received. Now, you've already referred to some um, in The Observer, but I mean, I've seen lots and I can completely understand why. So let's come back after a brief pause and have a little chat about that. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This. This is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. I'm Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist and an absolute foodie. And today we are talking about chocolate. We are joined by Catherine from Morosso Chocolate. And we are talking about the most beautiful chocolate. And particularly as nutritionists that I am happy consuming, um, partly because of the flavour of it, but also when I look at its health credentials, I'm really pleased with the levels of antioxidants, the cocoa level, the flavonoids. It's just the most incredible taste. And uh, we are going to taste some. I keep on saying it, but we will, I promise. Um, But we were talking just briefly uh, before the break about what differentiates this chocolate from other chocolates. We were talking about the reduced level of sugar. But this has received rave reviews, hasn't it, Catherine? I mean, given the, uh, the, the youth of your business, that it's only been going since April 2020, some of the reviews received and from pretty big organisations and newspapers, national uh, and otherwise, has been incredible. Do you want to share some of your successes with us? Uh, I think the biggest success we've had is is with the Observer. Mm-hmm. We have been in, uh, I think it's five times now, which is Whoa. which is quite crazy uh, since we've only been going for eighteen months. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but yes, we've been in uh, delicious, um, stylist. Baking heaven, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> All the different places. <laughs> it sounds really like it's been a whirlwind of uh, successes. Uh, yeah, so, uh, no, it's always, it's always a big thrill to mm-hmm. uh, to have a review. I mean, we've had, I think we're in Living Oxfordshire as well, which was Gosh. nice. And that, that was quite a different review for me because before mm. it was about the product and that yeah. was about me. So yes. that's a bit <laughs> different. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? That, uh, we're interested. But, yes, it, ma- it, does, it does make have a big impact mm. uh, you know, you see it on Google Analytics, yeah. On especially online, every time it gets a mention in yes. a national newspaper, it's yes, it sort of spikes up again. Brilliant, yes. yeah, it's really good. But also, I mean, you've actually had people, you know, tell you exactly what they like about um, the. I mean, even me telling you what you like about the product. I mean, for me, it's it's just that kind of texture mm. and that flavour. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that you taste the chocolate first, and it's the point you I made think, in the first segment yes. of the show. You taste the chocolate Absolutely. before you taste anything else, and that's I mean, how it should be. I mean, it's interesting with the bonbons, for instance. They're only one gram of sugar per bonbon. Wow. And bear in mind that the ganache is honey. Mm. So half of that actually is honey. That's incredible. More than half is honey. I mean, the, the bars are three to five grams of sugar per bar. Per bar. And the, and it's interesting, the highest one actually is our tahini date, mm-hmm. but it's because of the date. Mm. So the ganache itself of the tahini date doesn't yeah. have any sugar at all. Interesting, yeah, 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 yeah so exactly. So they're counting, mm. you know, raspberry powder as mm-hmm. And we're talking here yes. really natural yeah. forms yes. of sugar. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying mm. to do as well, is to keep the actual cane sugar to an absolute minimum yeah and sweeten it with different fruits and oh, it's working well yeah. uh so shall we try some chocolate do you think this is now yes. the time yes. and at the same time i was going to ask mm. you and this might be suitable like mm. what is your favorite product in your range <laughs> is it this one it is this one <laughs> so it's, talk us through this one as we create as, a little as asmr to, sound effect here's jenny now with the box so our honey pralines started oh. off life this year because our daughter got mm-hmm. married in June. Oh, congratulations. Lovely. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Anyway, having a mother as a chocolatier, one of the things I said to her is, you know, would you like me to do your wedding chocolate favours? Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. And I said, you know, we'll have a think about what flavours you want. Mm-hmm. 
and she said honey pralines. So she not honey pralines. She just said pralines actually. Mm. And all I could think of was pralines with how much sugar. Yeah. Pralines have. Uh, anyway, I had sort of given her the invite to do that. I th- uh, asked her. So then I had to go away and come up with how they were going to be done. I'm just taking a picture of this right oh, now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have on my desk oh, yes. in the radio station some chocolate and I'm about to try. How exciting. <laughs> so then eventually I realised that we could make the praline out of honey. Mm-hmm. So we've used our gorgeous honey sapenly spring honey to make the caramel. Mm-hmm. Then we've used, um, in fact, she, she, she gave us these um, Piedmont... Tonda Gentil wow, hazelnuts, which have the uh, they have more fat in them than usual, mm-hmm. and then we've Thank used you. Marcona Spanish almonds oh, wow. and hazelnut okay. butter and hundred percent chocolate, and that's all that's in them. Mm. Here we go. This is proper sound effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to do a cookery show in one of the BBC radio stations, mm-hmm. and they were all about the noises you could make while you were actually oh, eating. Really? There's a lot of knife and fork action. And here you are properly getting chocolate melting in the mouth. Oh, my golly. This is incredible. I mean, that's the smoothness, isn't it, of it? And the chocolate on the outside. Obviously, you've got the dark chocolate on the outside. You heard a bit into it. That's a lovely coating on the outside, which is holding this wonderful truffle interior, which is just so (laughs) sublime. Oh, my word. I almost sort of want to just bite this in half again, but I'm going to have to go for it because we have got to get on that. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, one of the things mm. we did with our branding, we have a, um, a selection of colours that we can use. Mm. And this rose pink actually isn't in our colour portfolio, but it's the colour that we had for... And for the wedding. For the wedding. Mm. And I loved it so much that we kept the colour. So on their boxes, they had their initials and the date. Oh, wonderful. So every time I see that, girl, mm. I think of that day. Oh, that's your daughter's chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, their chocolate. There's yes. a couple. That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. And then they have the card with everything about the chocolate. Oh, the flavour notes? Yeah. So and then where the honey has come from. Mm. And see, this is the thing. I think if we can really connect with a food that we eat, if we can connect with mm. the origins of the ingredients that mm. has created that food, but even more so, if we can connect with the person that's produced it, mm. That's the most wonderful thing about the job I have. I get to connect with people like you, which is, mm, that's absolutely incredible. So this is your favourite flavour right now? It is. Uh, mm. They. It's interesting because the, the bonbons initially, they were just going to be plain. Yeah. Because the colour that you see on them, mm. they're usually produced with lots of ease. Right. And then they also have uh, titanium, like a white titanium uh, covering as well. So when we see when you chocolates, see the really, really bright bonbons, mm-hmm. that's how they're made. And I didn't want to go there because mm. titanium is—I don't know if it's been banned by the EU, but it's on the process of mm-hmm. being banned very soon. Uh, so I didn't want to do this cocoa butter mm. uh, coloring that you see here. Yeah. And then, literally, about a month before I start, I brought out the bonbons last year. They brought out this new selection, which is made from food. Oh. So the orange is actually sweet potato colouring. No yeah. way! Yeah. It's so stunning! I know. I know. So oh. that's why now bonbons do have colouring, but I don't put that white titanium mm. on, so they're always sort of slightly more subdued. And the, the, the fact they're so kind of shiny, yeah. that's just the quality of the, the chocolate? It's, it's a technique. Yeah. It takes two days to make those. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel very, very privileged. <laughs> I really do. I'm sitting here time. talking to you, I mean, for a whole hour about chocolate, and I get to eat the chocolate as well. It's wonderful. I mean, this would make a perfect Christmas gift, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you recommending people buy for Christmas this year? Have you got hampers? Have we, you got we, gift boxes? We do have hampers. Mm-hmm. One of the things in Arosso is that we believe, we believe in choice. Mm-hmm. So we very much trust our customers' judgment with what they want to buy. Yeah. So the deal with the hamper is basically put whatever you want into a certain value mm-hmm. and then we'll put it in a hamper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have that. Fantastic. So it's customisable. It's customisable. Mm. So recommended wise, these do come 
they're the only bonbon we do mm-hmm. that comes in a box of 24. Right. So you could buy a box of 24. And have someone with a balaclava deliver it. No, not quite. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> My husband has a balaclava. There you go. <laughs> What's he doing this Christmas? <laughs> and then we also do um, another box. It's the only box we do with different flavours. Mm-hmm. So that has four of our bonbon flavours. And what flavours are they? That has apricot morvena rum. <laughs> it has uh, blackcurrant lemon verbena. Mm-hmm. It has mandarin balsamic. And it has lemongrass ginger. These are really beautiful flavour combinations, aren't they? <laughs> but, but, but this is the, the fun thing about it. There are 32 in the box. Okay. And there are 32 for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you can play chocolate solitaire. Ah. They look thought like this marbles, through, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. I love it. It's even better, isn't it? Yeah. Look, well, not only do we give you the chocolate, I we know. give you the game you can, to keep you yourself can, satisfied. And it gives the rules how to play it as well. Brilliant. Yeah, so you're playing chocolate solitaire. Maybe. Yeah, with cold hands. Yeah. You don't want them melted. No, or maybe yeah. you just don't quite finish the game. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find out more about you and where can they buy your products, importantly? I'm sure there'll be people wanting, chomping at the bit to buy some of your chocolates. Uh, we're online. Yeah. Our last day of posting, last day of orders is 19th of December. And just spell how, how Arosso is said, I mean, not said, how it's spelled. How it's spelled. <laughs> because so it's I'm a- A-U-R. O-S-O. Yeah, brilliant. Chocolate. And a chocolate, yes. and that's dot .com. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. And what about social media? We're on Instagram as well, the same handle. And can so people buy um, directly from the website? They can. Great. Absolutely. Uh, so that's sort of one way we can people can purchase. Yeah. Uh, we've also have a list of stockists on Great. the website. Sort of locally, probably the nearest to here is the Henley Larder. Yeah. In, uh, in Henley. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we're also in Wicked Chocolate yes. in Covered Market. Oh, fab. So they are, they've been so supportive. They're just absolutely amazing. Our own special little table, oh. which, is, which is amazing. And we also go to uh, markets as well. And which markets have you got so between now and Christmas? Now we've got Cavisham Market, mm-hmm. Alston Market this Sunday. Yeah. We've got Wallingford Local Producers on the 18th. Mm-hmm. And we're at... Uh, Henley Farmers Market on the Thursday, the twenty third. The twenty third of December. And that December. is my last one. Wow. Okay. So if people actually want to come and talk to you about your chocolate and yeah. the background, I mean, if they can get to the stool, sounds yeah. like you're going to be pretty <laughs> hectic. Um, and you know, this has been absolutely brilliant. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Tell us a little bit um, about your plans for the future. I mean, you're a young business. You're growing fast. We, we are a young business. Uh, I think it's just almost at the moment is taking every day as it comes yeah uh i mean my dream is that everybody will want to buy this chocolate yeah at the end of the day mm-hmm. um we don't have any plans to go into any supermarkets okay i, I did read uh am i allowed to say shocking book on retail before i started <laughs> <laughs> it just put me off um so we but, won't go there so we won't go there uh so Yes, it's, it's really finding the right retailer as well. Yeah. That, I mean, they have to really understand the story. They have mm-hmm. to understand the chocolate. Uh, we've we've had three uh, more retailers come on board mm-hmm. in the last month, which is great. Brilliant. And so that's also expanding and growing yeah. as well. But that process, I guess, takes time, doesn't it? To it get does to know. It take time. And yeah. Yes, it does. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. So we're on to the final section of our show, which is the quick fire questions. So, what would be your last meal, death row meal? <laughs> I had to think about this one. And I think it's only because we had it recently. Uh, one of the uh, market. Uh, stallholders that we quite often next to is English Farm. Yes. From Nuffields, and I know them quite well. And their steak is just absolutely amazing. Stunning, isn't so, it? So, and then I was also next to there's a new guy, I think he's called Fungi. He grows his own mushrooms. Yes. And I bought some hedgehog mushrooms, which I've never had before. Oh, well, I've never had there's those. The different names to them, but mm. he referred to them as hedgehog mushrooms. We had that with steak, which was. Wow. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm. It's another level, that that beef, isn't it? It I have to say, we do eat that as a family. That's our favourite. And then I would make my own, I have our own family keto sticky toffee pudding. Oh, interesting. How would you make that? Basically, taking a normal recipe and just ketoing it. Yeah. So I would swap the sugar 
For coconut sugar, mm-hmm. I'd only use half the amount. Yeah. I would use ground almonds yeah. instead of flour. And it would taste great and not leave you thinking, Absolutely. that was a bit too yes. much. <laughs> uh, who's your favourite chef? I would say my favourite chef is Ottolenghi. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> He's great, isn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, really I a varied... Mm, I mean the food is just so beautiful and it really does celebrate uh, vegetables at their best and you just to your point about you know when you're in Uganda having Mm. aubergines and tomatoes with Ottolenghi you'd probably find you know 60 different recipes that all have have but in a different way yes that's true Um, what about your um, favourite restaurant my favourite restaurant I think I would have to say it was my daughter's Cafe. Ah, um, and whereabouts is that? They're in Stoke Newington. Mm-hmm. And they're called Esther's N16. Yeah, and Esther's N16. Yeah. Oh, check that out. That sounds good. And what about um, your biggest inspiration? I would say that's probably Raymond Blanc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been to Le Manoir not very many times. I can count on several fingers. Many. <laughs> but you've enjoyed but they've it. always made us so special. Mm. And I think he's very much into growing the food and on the table as well, which yeah. is sort of part of what we try and do. Uh, but th- he actually doesn't know this, but he actually inspired me to do the chocolate as well. Oh, wow. Because one of the things I realised that when you go to somewhere like Le Manoir, you have the most amazing petit fours. Mm. But you can't actually buy those in a shop. Yeah. So that's where the idea of the ganache bars came from and the creative flavours. Oh, because they're that, I mean, they are that level, aren't Absolutely. they? They're what you would expect to have after a beautiful think meal. I'm, I'm at his level. <laughs> I'd like to think you are, but you might that. disagree. Okay, what about your fancy dinner party if you had oh. four guests? Who would be there? Who would be there? Well, I definitely want Raymond Blanc there. Um, Annalisa Barbieri. Oh, who, who's that? Who is the journalist who does notes of chocolate? Oh, fantastic! Server. I've never met her. No, so she, not yet. Not yet. Uh, Andrew Baker also mm-hmm. would be there. Okay. Uh, he has written an amazing book on chocolate. I'm trying to remember the name, but I can't. Which that's fine. I'm sure Andrew Baker is an easy enough name and yeah. chocolate uh, <laughs> to search. But also, on. he gets the whole ethical side of chocolate mm. as well. Um, he wrote a very interesting article. I think it was at Easter. And the chocolate that we use is one of the chocolates that he said, actually, you know, this is like one of few that is yeah. ethical. Winning. Which is a winning one. Brilliant. And Delia Smith, mm. because she taught me to cook. Oh, fantastic. Uh, not physically. No, but I understand yes, that. Yes. Yeah, it's funny, actually. We were, I was with my sister recently and we were reminiscing about a particular dessert that we used to have at Christmas time and mm. saying, oh, we must make that again this year. Mm. And uh, she sa- I said, I don't know where the recipe is. She, she said, it's in the Delia Smith book. She's wearing a red polo neck and da 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 da, da. And she could explain exactly where it was. And I was like, yes, that is the book of our childhood, clearly, yeah, that we absolutely. know exactly which one it is. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, uh, from Arosso Chocolates. It's been wonderful to speak to you today. I have had a very, very fun time. I feel like I have learned so much more about chocolate. I thought I knew about chocolate. And obviously we have discussed on a market stall in Marlow um, about uh, all about chocolate. But I think knowing uh, the level I do now, I feel greatly educated. And I also think that when I eat your chocolates, I will enjoy them even more if that's if that's possible. Um, is there anything, any final word you would like to give our listeners uh, before we say adieu? Uh just thank you for your time, Jenny. Oh, wish good. Wish everybody a happy Christmas. And if people want to find you, again, it's online. It's orosochocolate.com. Yep. Yes. And then the same, is is that the same for your Instagram handle? It is, yes. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening today, everybody. I am Jenny Tishi. This is Let's Do Lunch. This is a radio and podcast show. So if you want to download this, you can go to Apple or Spotify or wherever you access your podcast. Normally there are historic versions and historic episodes um, within this and you can listen again. Or if you really, really like this one, can you leave us a review, please? Um, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Tommy, look in the fridge and let lunch keep us together.
Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley.